when you really have encountered, things change. Victory is mine before my eyes can see. You need a new birth experience. Now there's nothing that can keep me from my promise. Set apart to God. Direct access. Here we are. I'm James Levesque. I want to welcome you to Breaking Through. And I believe today is your day for a breakthrough. Man, we're going to talk about a crazy subject today. And we're going to call this one Living Provoked. How many people do we know that are really passionate? Think about it. Like, pound the table with their fist passion. One thing I've realized today is there's a lot of mismanaged aggression out there. Let's be real. The political climate, oh my goodness, we're in election year, man. Can you think about it. People are filled with passion, mismanaged aggression, and look, I don't think it's all healthy. As believers, we need to think about what we're passionate about. What is it that's causing you to pound your fist on a table? Is it politics? Is it, is it business? What is it that's causing you to pound your fist on the table? I remember years ago, I had a buddy of mine. He loved the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit. When we got saved together, man, he was like on the streets with me, preaching the gospel, praying for the sick. And I didn't hear from him in a little while. And he called me up and he said, James, I want you to meet me for coffee, man. I'd love to talk to you. I'm pretty excited about stuff. Man, God's doing so much. And I was like, wow. Man, I, I haven't talked to you in a while, man. What are you burning for? What are the miracles you're seeing? I'll never forget. We went, <clears throat> we sat down at a table, and he's like, man, I just wanted to talk to you. It's so great, James, to see you again. I see all that you're doing on the streets, feeding the homeless, man. You're just such inspiration. But, man, I really got something I want to talk to you about. And I'm thinking, come on. What nation are we going to go take, right? <laughs> what crusade are we going to go do? And he was like, look, it's a money-making opportunity. I was like, yo, what? Oh, no, no, man, listen, it's not, it's not like you think, man. This ain't Amway. You know, that's like everybody's catchphrase. No, 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 it's something different. And we do this, and all you're doing is this, and you get three under you, and, you, and I'm just like, what happened? He was all done with his pitch, and I was sick in my stomach, man. And he goes, uh, so, so you want to sign up? What do you think? That's <laughs> what I said to him. I wasn't as refined as I am today. I said, I think it's embarrassing that one day I'm going to have to tell your son who you used to be. I think it's sad, bro, that there was a day you were on the streets, man. Signs and wonders. Remember when you walked up to the football team when they got out of practice and you told them all to lift their hands and the Holy Spirit fell on them? Do you remember that? Do you remember we were in the mall right outside of, of this store and, and you prayed for everybody in the You remember those? What happened? Nothing, man, what has, what has gone on with you? There's no fire? You're not provoked anymore? 
and you're at a table, bro, telling me to sign up for an MLM? Come on, man. And I realized at that moment that the devil, man, is playing with people. I remember when, you know, when the elections came on. Many years ago, Donald Trump was running for president. Everybody thought it was a joke, and, and, and it was like, whatever. I mean, whatever. But you know what I saw happen? Christians started getting crazy. I hate them. I love them. It's this and that. Everybody's trying to pick a side. I saw it back when I was littler with George Bush. Everybody's so politically motivated. They're so charged. Everybody has an opinion. And I'm like, hey, where was your opinion? I don't know when the gospel needs to go out. And that is what perplexes me about uh, the day we live in. There's a lot of mismanaged aggression right now. There is a lot of people that are hurting. They're looking for something. And guess what? The church is silent. The church is playing politics when the gospel needs. What is boldness for? What is courage for? It's not for politics, ladies and gentlemen. It's a trap on every side. It's for you to stand for truth. And my question today is, what is provoking you? What is causing you to live for God and stand and open your mouth and be bold? What is it? Is it politics? Is it dead religion? What is it? What is it that's causing you? Maybe it's business. Man, you better put the right thing first. A lot of people aren't living provoked. They don't have any emotion for God. I'm a pastor, man. I, you, I have to tell the church, you say, I see you on Sunday, right? I see people, they sit there on Sunday morning like they just don't even know where they are. But you put them in front of a football game, you put them in front of whatever, all of a sudden they have a personality and they're cheering. I'm like, yo, what happened? Why is the Christian you dead? But your flesh seems to get all fired up for everything else. That is not supposed to be. Passion is a gift from God so we can see the gospel advance on this earth. And it's not linked to a personality. I could take you on the streets with 80-year-old women who are just on fire for God. They may not show it like I do, but they burn for God, and they're seeing transformation in, in their everyday life. And so it always blows my mind. You know, everybody's a social justice warrior today. What, where, where's, why aren't we warriors for the cross? Why am I not seeing you protest to see the gospel move forward in life? Because what we do is we continually lean on what our flesh is good at. And then we try to call it the anointing. That's not true. That's not how that thing works. If we are going to be passionate, then let's allow the gospel to be what we're passionate for. Come on. It's not, it's not the news channel. It's like amazing to me where your spiritual temperature is directly connected to the barrenness going on around you. What are you doing to change it? What are you doing to change that? If you are burning for sports, politics, business more than you are for Jesus, you're going the wrong way, friends. I'm telling you right now, you're in the wrong direction. You better take all the gifts you have and make the Father known in your life. You will never, and I love sports, please. I love all these fun things. You are going to never see me more passionate about those items than you are with the Lord. I love him with all my heart. He touched my life. He changed my life. And from the moment I got saved, you know what's funny? When I got saved, you know what no one had to tell me? Live provoked. When I got saved, man, I really got saved. Like, I got overnight transformed saved. Like, I got all the chains broken saved. And you know what? No one had to tell me, James, you want to go share your faith on Saturdays? Man, everywhere I went, it was about the gospel. Everywhere I go, it's Jesus first. Because he really did a work in my life, and I don't have to do it out of obligation. It's out of love. Are you burning for God? Is the fire 
being fanned in your life? Or are you falling cold? The Bible says in the end times that even the elect will be deceived. And I'm watching people get passionate about the wrong things. And you know what? It's never going to produce fruit. Some of you aren't, aren't burning for souls anymore. You don't burn for the things of God. And we've got to realign our passions. Because living provoked is everything. Living with a stirring on the inside of us. We've got to see cities shaken. We've got to see America and Canada shaken by the power of the gospel. We've got to see this earth shaken by the mighty hand of God. And that isn't going to happen through passive Christians that are just sitting at their house watching television only. That isn't going to happen. Destiny, purpose, history is not a divine force set in stone. It's the servant of those who make it. Are you just waiting for something to happen? That's how a lot of people serve God today, man. They're just waiting. They're spiritually lazy. They don't want to get up. They're not doing anything for God. They're not making their destiny transformed. This is an hour for you to catch the fire of God and live provoked. What is it that you're passionate about? What is it? Because I'm going to tell you what, I see the passion come out of you when a fight is coming. When there's a Facebook argument, I see your passion when you're trying to fight for, you know, uh, birthers or you're trying to fight for vaccines. Oh, man, everybody got passions when it comes to the world. Everybody got stamina when it comes to the things that really don't matter in life. I'm okay with your causes. I'm not okay when the passion for your cause gets higher than the main cause we're supposed to pick up. And that's the cause of Christ. That's the cause of sharing our faith and allowing the world to be transformed around us. Our house. How many of you are running your house as a real godly household? Are there even standards? What are you preaching to your children? You are the example of your home. Are, do you live with an urgency for the gospel? Are your kids seeing it? Because I'm going to tell you right now, stay-at-home parents don't produce go-to-church children. I'm going to say it again. Stay-at-home parents don't produce go-to-church children. So what you are doing, what you're passionate about, what you're, that is exactly what's going to follow. Don't get shocked when your kids aren't serving God because you didn't. Don't get shocked when your grandkids aren't, aren't burning for the things of God because you have no passion for the things that matter in life. It's time to live provoked. It's time to allow a stirring on the inside of us for something greater than this fallen earth that's going to pass away. Because when you die, you can't take these things with you. When you die, all that remains is what was born of the Spirit. Your 401k doesn't matter. Uh, all the things you own don't matter. It's all about what was born of the Spirit. What did you do on this earth for a heavenly cause? Think about it. Souls, you may not see the reward right this second years down the road. You might get a moment of excitement. But we have to give our lives to something that's eternal. The Bible says, set your mind on things above, not on the earth beneath. Why are we so focused on this earth? This earth has nothing for you. This earth is going to pass away. This earth is nothing compared to heaven. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. He said, when you pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is the realm that we want this earth to look like. But what is the scent coming from your life? I could insert a funny joke. What is the scent coming from your life? Is it the fragrance of heaven? Do people want to be around you? Or I remember one time I was walking in the streets and I saw a buddy of mine. It was like a little inner city street. And I saw a buddy of mine up on a stoop. And uh, I said, hey, man, I went up to see him. We're, we're up now on the stoop talking back and forth. And a man, and he was asking me about the Lord. And we were talking. And then we changed subjects to like whatever. And a man was walking by. And he looks up at the stoop. And he goes, I got to come up there. 
And so I'm watching this like older man like approach us. And I'm thinking, like, is there gonna be a fight? Like the guy looked kind of, you know, scary. And my friend goes, hey, what's up, man, da, da, da. And, and, the, and the guy walking up the steps, I'm here, my friend's here. The guy walks up and he goes, I don't even want to talk to you, he says to my friend. Because on this side of the porch is one conversation. The guy looks at me and goes, but you, when I look at you, I feel God. And then he goes, I've killed people in Vietnam War and I feel like God could never forgive me. But I felt a presence coming from you when I walked by what do I need to do to be saved? What was that? It wasn't me. But when you live in the realm of his presence, people will be drawn to see the Christ in you. And we prayed for him and saw God break, break free his life. And then I shared the gospel with my friend. I'm like, yo, you better give your life back to God because you don't have what he needs. We have to have Jesus. That's the only thing that makes us attractive. Come on. The only thing that makes us amazing is Christ. It have nothing to do. No, I have nothing. I have nothing in my life. But I'll tell you what, there's no plan B with me. I don't have it. Listen, I, I came from horrible beginnings. I, I don't have education like most people. I mean, I thank God that, yes, I'm a doctor now. My wife wants you to know, and I've been blessed, and I love all the acknowledgments and the little that I've done on the earth. But I'm going to tell you there's no plan B for this preacher. I don't have something to fall back on. This is everything to me. When I gave my life to God, I never looked back. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's one thing and one thing alone in your life that matters. And when you die, you're going to have a date you were born and the date you die, and there's a dash. And after the break, I have to ask you a challenging question. And I'm going to tell you when Paul was actually provoked, what he did with it. When we come back after the break, you're rocking with Breaking Through with James LeBette. Are you ready to ignite your faith? Then look no further than Pastor James Levesque's new book, Fire, preparing for an end-time outpouring. This book contains 12 principles that will unlock the power within and cause you to walk in a new level of boldness and power. For a suggested donation of only $12.99, we will send you a personal autograph copy. Log on to jameslevesque.org and get your copy today. Welcome back, everybody. Breaking through here with James Levesque. Look, we're having a great subject here. We're talking about living provoked. And I got to tell you, God wants us to be fueled with passion. It's not a personality thing. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, I believe he gives us, you know, that, look, when you got, if you really got born again, if you introduce me someone who really gotten saved, they're excited, right? Come on. The grass is a little greener. The sky's a little bluer. I mean, when you encounter God, there's nobody here going, well, I don't have the personality for that, brother. Nope, even Eeyore, thanks for noticing me. Even Eeyore got a little moment up in here, okay? And so I want to talk about Living Provoked. Paul the Apostle, uh, he was in the book of Acts. Actually, recently I was in Greece, and I was in Athens right where this took place. And Paul would write these things and preached right in that message with miracles. And in Acts chapter 17, you can follow along with me here. And we're reading in verse 16. It says this. It says, now that while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw the city was giving over to idols. When you walk in Athens, if you've been to Athens, it's, it's a sight, man. 
but it's like Zeus everywhere and, you know, whatever queen of this and Medusa that. You know what I mean? It's like pillars everywhere and, and crazy, like gothic statues they worship. I can imagine Paul showing up in Athens and he's like, what is this? What do we do, right? When you see things that are ungodly, what does it do to you? Paul saw this and it was like, the Bible says his spirit was provoked within him. I love that. His spirit was, what, are you even moved by the godlessness we see today? Does it even move the needle in your life when you see the sin and the acceptance of sin that goes on in the country? What do you do about it? Paul saw a move of God, but he also was provoked to get there. And what I want to tell you is how we respond matters, right? I know a lot of Christians today, I feel like all they do is react to darkness. I feel like all they do is like, you know, what's going on wrong on earth? And, you know, and they're not really, they're not really bringing light, right? Like if, if we were playing sports, we can't always be on the defensive. Like you have to get on the offensive sometimes. And as a believer, we should live on the offensive. We are the, you know, every day I get, in, I get in the car with my son, every day. And we go to school. I've been doing it since he was three. He gets in the car. I say, all right, Isaac, Luke, what do you got to say? And he says to me, all right, daddy. And I make them say this. I'm a leader, not a follower. The head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. I'm a lender, not a borrower. I'm blessed and highly favored, and I'm going to change this world. And I say, all right, Luke, what do you want to say? I'm a leader, not a follower. I'm a head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I'm a lender, not a borrower. Do you think a five-year-old knows what lender, not the borrower means? No. But it's the power of confession. I want them to believe every day and speak the word of God and shape their world according to the word, not according to reaction, right? I was so tired of it. I would travel and people would pick me up all over the country and I'd get in their car and they'd go, pastor, they'd be in the car. How, so honored to have you here, pastor. You know, and I'd be sometimes tired and they just want to like talk all the whole time. Oh, I, and everybody would do, I just want to tell you what the stronghold of my city is. And it was like, the stronghold is whatever, you know, pornography or the stronghold is, you know, suicide or the stronghold. And I got so tired of everybody just glorifying the devil every city I went to. I was like, what, everybody's telling me what their stronghold is in their city. I'm like, why are we, when is the stronghold going to be the Holy Spirit? When is that going to be the spirit that prevails in our town? How about that? And I'm so tired of us giving the devil glory, giving, looking at darkness and responding to it. Oh, the devil's at work again. Oh, what do you mean? Do we have all power and authority or not? Are we going to sit there and live like dead religion where we're not all filled with the Holy Ghost? Come on, man. I'm not walking around this earth scared of devils or looking around every corner to get infected. We've got to break that nonsense off and live provoked. So Paul saw it and he said, what? I'm going to make a change. It is important. I, I love this scripture in Acts. I'm, obviously, it's speaking from the Holy Spirit, so I don't have time to pull it up. But there was a scripture in Acts where they said, you know, that they were preaching the gospel. Then it said, then the unbelievers came in, like the teachers of law and the demons basically come in and poison their mind. 
you know what would happen at that moment if we came in to preach the gospel and then the opposition came in and poisoned everybody's mind? You know what we would do? The grace has lifted. And we would like leave and think our assignment's over and wash our hands of it. The very next verse said, and they stayed there a long time and continued preaching. That's the response we need, ladies and gentlemen. In the face of opposition, we're going to turn up the heat. We're going to open up the dial and live provoked. When you're stirred, when you're prodded, when you feel like you're, <clears throat> then you make a change. And I got to tell you something right now. Change doesn't come during comfort, ladies and gentlemen. You ain't changing when you're comfortable. You're going to change when you're forced to change. Come on now. You feel a little uh, and you feel a little ah, and you're like, all right, God, you're telling me to change. It ain't coming when you're comfortable. But if we don't allow ourselves to live provoked, then what change are we bringing on the earth? And if we don't say anything, it's just as bad. You got to understand that the devil is okay with you not talking or living provoked. Then you are literally a part of accomplishing his will on the earth. He ain't concerned about you if you're not being vocal. If he can just get you to live underneath the place that God has called you to live, then he thinks it's a victory. But Paul, he lived provoked. Paul allowed himself to get stirred for greater things. I love the story of David. 1 Samuel 17, 23 through 29. You know, David is, is, is here and, and he's looking at the giants and, and David comes up and goes, who are these uncircumcised Philistines who think they can defile the armies of the living God? Like, what, bro? You like a little shepherd boy. What are you talking about? Everybody was concerned about the size of the giants. And David was like, who are these uncircumcised Philistines? And then I love this scripture. David looks at everybody. He's like the littlest dude, the most unqualified. He goes, is there not a cause? And then it said he turned and got the same reaction from the other group, meaning they were, their mouths were open. When you die, there's two dates on your grave. There's the day you were born and the day you died, and all you have is a dash. I wrote a poem some years ago I want to read to you called What Will You Do With the Dash? Here it is. Life is but an instant. It may come and go. You're privileged to live, so you should also know that at the end of your life, it's not houses or cash, but merely what have you done with your dash? Your dash is something that you can't take back. It's more than a result of a fatal heart attack, more than a bunch of bonds you can save. I'm talking about the dash between the dates on, on your grave. When all is said, done, and the grave is intact, the question will be, did you make an impact? Regardless of the answer, you can't rewind if the truth is you died and left nothing behind. It's like starting at the race, beginning at the pole. You can gain the whole world, but yet lose your soul. It's not the way to live and ultimately wrong if you start out great, but you don't finish strong. Drama doesn't matter. Forget about strife. I refuse to live like I've wasted a life. Through the poem, I'll be the first to give that the fact in life, there's a purpose to live. I've said it for sure. Life will get the best of me. But at that point, you'll find your destiny. Choose a life of meaning and your heart will melt. So long after you go, your life will be felt. What are you doing with the dash? I wrote that poem. I was like, I wrote, I wrote that poem when I was like 18. I wrote it after I had to do my first funeral. They invited me to the house. I sat down trying to be like unprofessional, wearing like a suit that didn't fit. And I had a little clipboard not knowing how to do this. And I'm like, oh, uh, tell me about Spencer. And they looked at each other and they were like, um, <laughs> Um, he, he liked coffee. And I'm like, okay. I'm trying to write all the things that are good about him so I can do a funeral here. Uh, what else did he like? Um, Tom? Wait, 
what? This dude lived 80 years? And all you can tell me about him is he loved coffee and Tom? My heart was broke. Every life is precious. But the salvation that was given to us is for a greater purpose than just Tom and coffee. And I wrote that poem because I was so provoked that I wanted my dash to count. I wanted to know that when I live a life, it was going to be a life of purpose. And today I'm asking you, what are you doing with your dash? Are you making your life count? Are you living a life that's seeing purpose in your life? Are you, are you passionate about politics or multi-level marketing or changing a law? Or are you putting that same fire towards serving God? Because that's all that's going to matter when all everything's said and done. I want to pray for you right now and believe for the power of God to touch your life and your household. You may be watching this right now and you're like, Pastor James, man, bullseye, you're talking right to me. I know I am. The Lord gave me this message for you. But my question is, what are we going to do with the dash? Are you making a decision today that you're going to make your life count? You're going to get, you know, what I'm seeing is a vision of people getting off the sidelines right now. They're making a decision that they're going to live provoked. Convictions are going to matter and they're going to believe God and let their passions fly. Man, God is calling you. Your past do not define you. Your failure isn't final. It is a new day. I prophesy over you. Today is a new day. It is a day to lift your head. Come on, the Bible says he's a lifter of our head. It is a day for you to believe that, that it's a new slate in your life, that you can burn with passion again. Uh, you can believe God again. You can see God reignite those fires within and a fresh touch will compel you. So few people have conviction. So few people living conviction and passion and fire today that I believe the Lord wants to impart to you that gift. Oh, come on, living provoked. When you see what's going on in your cities, are you the answer to that? Because I'm telling you, you are. When you see what's going on in the nation, are you believing that you're the answer to that? Because I believe you are. So let's pray today. I'm going to believe that a mighty impartation of power is going to fall in your homes and change your life forever. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, stretch your hands to me right now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your power. I thank you that you're, you're touching our hearts today, Holy Spirit, and I release a fresh wind of God, a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit, God. Open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. Father, I pray that our hearts would break with the things that break your heart. I pray that after this moment, there's a new sensitivity to your spirit. After this moment there's a new awareness of your power an awareness of what you're doing and I just feel God re-enlisting some of you it's time to get off the sidelines it's time to get in the game there's a mighty revival that's about to happen there's a mighty awakening and you have a great part to play in this end time awakening says the Lord come on it's time to jump in we say yes come on lift your hands to heaven and just say yes God we say yes today we say yes to you yes to your word yes to your plans and we choose to live moved by what moves you. We thank you for it, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we love to hear from you. Thank you. Let us know how you're being blessed. I believe today is a day that will change your life. We love you. As always, continue to break through.
What's up, everybody? Pastor James Levesque here. I just want to tell you about an exciting announcement. My new show, Breaking Through with James Levesque, is airing now. Come on, Monday through Friday at 12.30 East Coast time, 9.30 West Coast. I want to invite you for all things breaking through. Tune in as we pray, share the word, testimonies, because I believe your life will be shaken for good. Come on, join us Monday through Friday.